0: Support for this podcast comes from Brynmar Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at iTube.net slash podcasts. Welcome to the first part of our two part special episode of the Mod Pod. Contact Lens Business and Patient Safety in the COVID nineteen era. Redefining normal. Dr. Rachel Rubel speaks with colleagues Drs. Brianna Rue, William Toe, and Justin Weigel about their optometric practices and contact lens business, all in the context of the ongoing COVID 19 pandemic. This program is supported with advertising by Bao Xin Lam. The opinions and views expressed during this program are those of the individual participants and are not necessarily those of Bao Xin Lam or its affiliates.
1: Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. We're here to talk about our businesses, COVID-19 and contact lenses. So I've got some awesome um, optometrists here to join me. Um, some of the initial ideas that we're gonna talk about today is the impacts that you've had on your business, uh, COVID air protocols that you've had in the pandemic as a catalyst for what change may occur in the future. So let me tell you a little bit about what happened in my practice. I have three practices that all shut down mid-March. We had to unemploy 80% of my staff, which was such a bummer because we didn't know for how long what was going to happen. We had a couple staff still at the office answering phones in locked offices, dark. We left the lights off. And they were mainly there to update us on any emergencies or urgent care as we lived down the street from one of the offices and we provided telemedicine to patients as well if we didn't have to come in. Um, Some cases we did, it just depended on the case. So it impacted our office quite a bit. Protocols have changed. Staff has changed. The way we've done things has changed. Um, With contact lenses, we actually saw quite a bit of an increase in our revenue. The reason is we had patients calling us going, oh my gosh, we have appointments and we didn't know how long this was going to last. So we've got three offices booked full of contact lens exams and patients that couldn't get contacts. So we had a lot of sales during that time. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a, a while, but I want to go ahead and introduce the other panelists that are joining me today and hear about their offices and what they did during COVID. So let's start with Dr. Will Toe. Will, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Hi there. Uh, thanks. Uh, thank you, Rachel, for uh, the and great introduction there. Um, So my name is Dr. Wilto, I practice in San Mateo, California. Uh, I have my private practice that I uh, purchased just last year. So great timing on my part there, fall of last year. Um, So uh, definitely having to go through this has uh, been an interesting experience for a new practice owner. Um, Similar to yourself, we had to shut down mid-March. In fact, the Bay Area was one of the first areas in the country that had a shelter in place order. So um, it was very interesting to see because uh, we we knew everyone 's eyes were on uh, on us in terms of what we would do, but just like yourself, we were just uh, we shut down just routine and preventive eye care we were focusing on urgent care and emergency care uh, throughout that time, um, introduced telehealth to our practice, which uh, i 've used a handful of times myself with, with uh, mixed results I would say um, uh, introduced e commerce for uh, for our contact lenses as well too so it 's definitely been a Uh, interesting past few months and uh, having to make adjustments literally on a daily basis uh, has been the the new norm for us. So um, I am very excited to be a part of this, to be able to talk a little bit about some of the things we have done and anxious to kind of hear from the other panelists what they do as well.
1: Very cool. Yeah, the e-commerce, we want to learn more about that. Um, Let me hear a little bit from Dr. Brianna Rue down in Florida.
3: Thank you for having me on here. So thanks, Rachel. We are in South Florida and Broward County, so Fort Lauderdale. And we actually were the first Optometrica office to close down on March 15th. And I don't know about everybody else on here, but it just feels like March 15th every day. Like it's just Groundhog Day. So we, I actually kept my full staff on. We went to two teams coming in to answer phones, went to emergency care, and then we reopened on May 5th. Typically, we're seeing patients every 15 minutes. We started patients every half an hour with one doctor and just kind of extended the schedule a little bit. But like yourselves, we've seen a lot of patients with their interest in contact lenses rise. During the closure, we actually had, um, and implemented prior to all of this, the direct shift to model, direct shift to patient model was already in place. So that was really great. We already had our website going with um, doctor contact lens on how they could order contact lenses. So we actually were generating sales daily off of that platform, which was really good. So we could go after our patients and then we were extending a bunch of prescriptions as well. So that fortunately has stopped and now we've been able to get more people in. But I think what's interesting is on the contact lens front, dailies have gone up substantially. So it's way easier to have that daily conversation as well as getting patients that want contact lenses. So new patients because of all the fogging going on, especially in South Florida, um, they want contact lenses. And so we are, again, one of the few offices still doing new contact lens fits and taking those protocols with our staff. Interesting, I've been hearing
1: that from many offices, how busy everyone is. So it's great, you know, we can be open and provide the care. Um, Let's turn it over to our last participant, Dr. Justin
4: right. Well, I think, you know, if you just take everything that they said and apply it to Kansas City, Kansas, you have my answer there so it's pretty similar uh but yeah we went from it was right around spring break to being really busy to well the next day we're gonna cut down staff to you know no more patients will be here for three hours a day seeing emergencies only and that lasted same thing for about a couple weeks and we were filling contact lens scripts um and same thing i live right down the office and a couple other docs live pretty close to the practices they were just going down as needed. But then we went to nothing and just having a call center and triaging the calls that way. You know, um, we reopened. It's been about a month now. Um, And I honestly had no idea what to expect. I wasn't sure it was going to be really busy or people were going to have reservations about coming back in. But it sounds, I mean, from you guys too, people, patients have had no reservations of coming back in. Um, And I think the one thing that we've noticed, um, as Brianna was saying, that um, patients are a little more interested in contacts now. Uh, I don't think they realized how much they were handling their glasses and touching them until they were forced to start wearing masks. And so now we have these patients that were, you know, contact lens dropouts that may not have worn them in four or five years that are now suddenly reinterested in contacts again because they can't wear their glasses at work with a mask. Um, and same thing, you know, it's, it's made the daily conversation much much easier, Um, you know, if there are reservations about switching or thinking that was more challenging, you know, the sanitary portion um, has come to, you know, the forefront of everybody's mind. So I think it's really eased the conversation and kind of broken down those barriers between us and patients on that.
1: So I agree with everything you said, Justin. Um, Do you feel in the beginning when, you know, everything was shutting down, did you have patients call going, I can't wear contacts; um, they're not safe. I need glasses right away. Did you? Were there any misconceptions with contacts that you were aware
4: of? Uh, there certainly were, and I think we've even seen it with patients coming back in. Uh, because nobody really knew. I mean, you just assume that, you know, if you're touching, you know, ocular tissue or anything else, you know, we had no idea how this disease was spread and, you know, we're still learning things as it goes, but um, we've been proactive now. I mean, it was a learning experience for us too. And like Will said, I mean, protocols and CDC things were changing, you know, every 30 minutes. So, you know, we may tell you one thing and then, Oh wait, back up. You know, we got to change what we're telling you. Cause it's, Um, You know, this isn't exactly right, but I think the AOA has been pretty good about advocating for um, the health of it um, and that there's really not risk factors there. And so we try and present that to our patients now as well, say, hey, you know, and even the ophthalmology academy has come out and said, you know, the risk of it being transmitted is very low. So I think it helps to kind of ease uh, concerns for that. I
1: agree with you. I think there's definitely some misconceptions, but now kind of we're back, we're able to talk with patients about those. Um, Justin, one last question I had, you were talking about, you know, patients ordering contacts. Did you have patients like want to hoard contacts or order a bunch or (laughs) wear them longer? How did you manage all of that?
4: So we, so we didn't have, we were limiting hoarders and the fact that, you know, we would extend for one box or give them trials to come pick up um, so that it didn't extend because there's still value in uh, you know coming back in for your annual exam and getting the health checked whether or not you feel like your prescriptions change and so you know if we're always going to advocate for our patients to come back for annual exams you know this is obviously an unknown time but we were comfortable and i'm sure you guys were too extending it for a little bit you know to help out Um, but I, i you know i looked back on our statistics the first week we were open 90% 90% of our patients were contact lens patients. So, which, I mean, we're not a 90% contact lens practice, as you can probably imagine. You know, we trend more, depending on our office, between, you know, 50 to, you know, 60 at a high end and maybe 40 at a low end. But, um, you know, it tells you there was a lot of them that, you know, they were afraid to even call to ask for contacts or to, you know, even get out of their house or, you know, whatever to get them. So there was there was a lot of overwear and I'm sure... Um, you know, Will and Brianna run into that as well.
1: Yeah, that's, I, I agree with you. I actually, I have a lot of patients that just wore glasses and now they're coming back they all want contact. So I'm glad they at least did that. Well, let me ask, um, Will, let me ask you a few questions. You're highly involved in social media. Um, did patients look to you as, for COVID information or were there sources that you trusted to look at for information?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think one of the most important things that you could have done and you want to continue doing is have that communication with your patients, because as uh, many, as we're starting to see many of them now on our schedules, there's still many more that we're obviously catching up on that we couldn't see over the last few months. And I think it's really important that you set yourself up as the source of, uh, of information uh, for their healthcare, at least related to the eyes. Um, So during the pandemic, it was really important for me to send out e-blasts and uh, communicate on social media about some of the things that we were learning uh, about COVID as they related to health and to the eyes. Um, I think that was a really important thing because there's so much going on with, um, you know, the media and and, uh, politicians that patients were having trouble figuring out who to trust. So I feel like uh, setting yourself up as that trusted source was really important and moving forward because we're still not out of this yet. So, um, you know, any any form of communication, you know, I, I, I like social media myself, but, you know, even uh, e you know, anything that you can do, whatever your form of communication to patients, your preferred form of communication. I think you should continue doing it so that you can uh, you can still be seen as that expert in their eyes. Now, um, you know, with everything that's going on. Uh, you know, safety was definitely the most important thing that's on everyone's mind. In fact, that's still the number one question. People weren't sure, is, is it safe to come in? Like, what guidelines do you have? We've actually had, um, uh, surprisingly, over the last couple of weeks, a lot of patients, new patients coming in saying that they actually walked into their uh, normal office, or the office they normally go to, and they didn't see any or didn't feel comfortable because uh, they didn't feel that the office did a great job of putting uh, putting together safety guidelines. Um, we've personally been following the cdc i think that was a re- good uh, really good to be consistent pick your source whether it's cdc world health organization you know and just be really consistent about it you know at the end of the day i think it'll take uh, years before we realize how dangerous covid truly is and you know you know you know we keep talking about how every week and sometimes every day we're changing you know our guidelines based off of the new information we find out literally things two weeks ago, 50% of it's probably obsolete at this point. So, you know, everyone's uh, everyone understands that it's important to be flexible um, and it's really important to, um, uh, you know, really communicate that to the patient. And at the same time, um, you know, you know, the information that you do have, you know, you definitely want to be a little bit more on the safer side because it's because it's always in flux. It's always going back and forth between what's safe and what we know. You always want to be a little bit more on the cautious side because we are dealing with people's help here.
1: I agree with you. I mean, that's all we know right now It's to be cautious, to mm-hmm. have hygiene, to, you know, masks. Um, yeah, we'll eventually hopefully know down the road what's going on, but that's what it is right now. Mm-hmm. With the concerns, have any of your patients been concerned about contact lenses or presenting with concerns?
2: Yeah, Yeah, with contact lenses, I think early on, um, you know, Justin mentioned that the Academy of Ophthalmology uh, released a really specific guidelines in in terms of what they felt about contact lens safety. The unfortunate part of that is the news media, I think it was specifically CNN, picked up that story and they, instead of talking about the entire aspect of it, they just focused on the dangers of contact lens wear and that's what got spread to the public. Um, Obviously, we know a lot more than we did early on uh, but, you know, there definitely were a lot of patients coming in, like, I don't know what to do, you know, particularly as we, they were starting to wear masks, it's like my glasses are fogging all the time. So even if I don't have to, if I'm stuck at home 90% of the time, it's like when I do need to go out, hard to drive with fogged up glasses, hard to function. So, you know, they were interested in contact lenses, but they, they weren't sure what to trust. And that's why I said it was really important to become that source where it's like, look, this is what people are saying and I get that, but here's what we know. So if you, if you uh, practice proper hygiene, you should be fine. So just make sure. Wash your hands very, uh, you know, as you should have been to begin with, to be fair, right? Wash your hands properly before insertion removal, things like that. If you wear, um, you know, uh, non-daily disposables, be very good about cleaning it.
1: Yeah, it's, it sounds like your patients trust you. Like you're their resource they can go to. They know they're going to get information as best as you know from you. So that's great that you have that relationship.
0: Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. Thank you for listening to the first half of today's special episode of the Mod Pod contact lens business and patient safety in the COVID-19 era. Redefining normal where we listen to the conversations about patients switching their glasses to daily contact lenses, especially frontline workers experiences with prescription hoarding, and different approaches to changing office protocols. Now we're about to dive further into the topics of patients switching to contact lenses, purchasing trends like curbside pickup and increased direct-to-patient e-commerce, and how managing staff has changed during this pandemic. But before we do, we'd like to thank Bausch and Lomb for supporting this program. Please note that the opinions and views expressed during this program are those of the individual participants and are not necessarily those of Bausch & Lomb or its affiliates.
1: Have you seen in your practice a lot of patients switching from glasses to contacts or vice versa?
2: Um, yeah, like I said, people are interested in contact lenses for sure. Um, like I said, b- mostly because of the fogging of glasses. That was, I think, the biggest driving factor more than anything else. Um, people are, I think, more comfortable trying out dailies for sure. You know, if they were a little bit hesitant uh, before. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think um, as long as the education is there, whether, uh, you know, it's from us or from other sources uh, and people are properly informed, you know, I, I want them to make the best decision for themselves. You know, I'm not going to ever force anything on them, but at the same time, you know, I educate and I give them the options. I give them the opportunities to be able to see and um, uh, live their life the way that they want to. And that's all you can really do.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, let me ask um, Brianna, the same question there. You mentioned you're seeing a lot more dailies in your practice. Are you seeing more glasses versus contacts?
3: So we, again, kind of the same thing that Justin was seeing. So in that early phase of opening, it was really kind of that geared contact lens patients. The other thing to utilize too, are those actu- those are patients that you want to see that are you know can get in and out of your office quickly. So we also have to remain profitable here, which I think, is good for all of us as a business side. So these young, healthy people, we can get in and get out and then get them their year supplies. So definitely we've seen an increase in patients wanting dailies, patients, uh, we had that backlog of, you know, we closed right down before spring break. So we didn't even get our spring break rush. So it was all of those patients from college and that needed to get in for their eye exams, so we implemented that and we're extending prescriptions as well but the dailies have increased and that conversations become easily easier and then just getting the the new patients in that those dropouts that that were interested in it so same thing as justin and will of the same
1: well, what about you justin are you seeing more patients coming in you mentioned you're seeing a lot more contact exams from previous contact wearers Do you have anyone asking to go more into glasses?
4: No, I haven't seen it go the opposite direction. Um, You know, our same thing, we started, we reduced our exams from every 15 to every 30 minutes. um, And we found even, you know, post COVID, our year over year growth has been over what it was last year, just because, you know, people were obviously in need of, you know, updating their glasses or contacts, but I haven't seen it go the other direction. Um, like I said, it's it's really brought up the conversation with patients that may have always been on the fringe of asking about contacts or they weren't asked about them that are now inquiring. You said the ones that they're, <laughs> their glasses are fogging, they're actually wearing their mask correct and not below their nose. So, you know, it's going to affect everybody at work if they actually do that, but it's just made that, you know, conversation easier. And then, you know, you bring up the sanitation part of it is, you know, how often did you ever Cleaning your glasses, and you know that's the one thing people always adjust throughout the day. You know whether it's they sweat or if it's just it feels uncomfortable, itches. They're always going like this. But you know, I'd say ninety-five plus percent of patients, you know, probably never. I mean, you can say. I mean, you guys know that from patients coming in and seeing nose pads and things. People just do not. I mean, they do not clean their glasses. So I think it's just kind of like I said, everything's falling in line. Things like Will said, we should have been doing before. We're learning now. We actually do need to do all the time. um, Has just made the conversation a lot easier, and you know, kind of brought it to patients' minds that maybe this is for me when I didn't think it was.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Those those nose pads that come in, you're just wondering (laughs) hygiene. (laughs) Yeah, Um, we've seen a lot of patients switch to contact lenses because uh, we have a lot of healthcare, three different hospitals I'm surrounded by in Charlotte here. And so a lot of healthcare workers, they don't like the fall game. So a lot are switching to contacts. The other thing we've seen are patients that we haven't seen in years, worried that they're gonna lose their insurance. And they're coming in going, I need to get contacts. I've never warned them, but I wanna order a year supply. And we're going, well, why? And they may lose their insurance. So they wanna make sure they're using it in case this happens again. Um, So it's been kind of an interesting, thing to see all these patients scheduling and why they're scheduling. So, well, with that, I mean, we we did the same thing, Justin. We decreased the number of patients in our office. Um, You know, we have strict protocols in all the offices, how many exams per hour, and in North Carolina, we have an entire four-page document on guidelines of the whole office from front to back and what to do. Um, Tell me all about your protocols in your office. What has changed as far as Do you check temperatures, masks, social distancing? Tell me how your offices look.
4: Yeah, so so very similar. We, like Will said, we follow CDC protocols. So we've removed all the chairs. I'm sure everybody else has. um, And we moved a stand up to the front of the door um, that you can't go past it unless you have your temperature temperature taken and sign in. Um, we don't allow in without a mask, but yeah, same thing spaced out the exams. We're just now starting to, now that we've been comfortable with our protocols, um, and you know, every pair of glasses that gets tried on, gets go you and know, goes into a bin until they're sanitized. We tell patients, you know, touch sure, or, you know, try on as many as you want. We're not trying to limit that. It may take us a little more time to, you know, clean up and get them prepared for the next set of patients. But, um, you know, that's what we're here for. Um, But now that we have, you know, comfortability in our protocols, we're starting to go to every 20 minutes now. It's just, you know, the cleaning and the sanitizing in the rooms, as I'm sure you guys can all attest, that's that's been the biggest delay um, in moving forward. And so, you know, we've gotten it down. The system, we have signs on the outside of the door, stop and go. So, you know, text know if they go by it, if that room's been sanitized or clean, whether they can put a patient in there or not. Um, we still try and do curbside dispensing as much as possible. Um, and then, yeah, ship to patient has been big, you know, previously, I could probably count on one hand, the number of patients actually asked in the exam room, can you ship these to my house? Uh, that was one of the things I noticed that patients are now asking me, not, you know, the contact lens technician, if they can get them direct delivered to their house. So yeah, it's, it's been interesting now. to see. Yeah. What
1: about you, Will? How's, how's your office look out there?
2: curbside pickup has been big, you know, e-commerce for our contact lenses. You know, I I will say it was um, the first two weeks, you know, I kind of was a little bit resistant against the e-commerce part. You know, in the beginning, we thought it was only going to be a two or three week thing. So uh, immediately after the first extension of the uh, shelter in place, that's when I got on uh, on the phone with my uh, ABV rep. And it's like, okay, we need to get something Today, so what do you have? So we signed up with their program just because it, um, you know, not the best interface out there, but at least it was the most comprehensive in terms of uh, making sure all of our, uh, all of the different product would be available quickly, and uh, being able to ship direct without any type of uh, shipping fees has been really, really big. Um, you know, anything that reduced the amount of time patients spend in uh, or uh, have to be have to come back to the practice is always going to be huge. Um, but uh, the the other thing we did take away about half the chairs that were in the optical and waiting area and uh, what we found worked really well is if you go on Amazon you buy these uh, dry cleaner like plastic bags you know that they put around your clothes and just put that around the chair instead so we do that um, uh, to keep the chairs a little bit uh, more sanitized we uh, you know immediately uh, clean them with alcohol or hydrogen peroxide as soon as patient gets up and we replace them daily so that's been kind of a, a little bit Something that I got a tip from a, a friend as well that worked out pretty well. So um, you know we're all trying to find out in different creative ways to uh, get uh, to keep everybody safe. But um, you know I think you're, you're going to find that we're all probably doing very similar things uh, based off of CDC guidelines and you know what we hear from each other.
1: Yeah, I agree, Brianna. I see you're wearing scrubs. Did you wear scrubs before COVID?
3: So no, I didn't wear scrubs before COVID. So we got rid of our coats. Um, My husband actually works for the University of Miami. So we've been seeing a lot of their protocols and kind of following what they're doing very early on. So that's actually why we shut down so early um, because we were getting information more um, from them than we were anything else out on the (coughs) street. The other thing too that we're seeing is we're blaming a lot on COVID, the changes that we wanted to make (laughs) in the office that now we can, you know, pursue. So retinal imaging is done now on everybody with a fee. We've got the, you know, direct ship to patient model. We've got, um, you know, co-payments on, is this a medical visit? Is this a vision benefit? So we've gotten more strict on things that we've wanted to change in the past and just now we can blame it on COVID and everybody just kind of nods and shakes their head. But I am seeing in the beginning Patients were, they were very receptive to everything. Now people are kind of getting a little tired of everything. Things now are taking longer um, as far as shipments are concerned and the glasses turn around. Patients are losing their patience a little bit. And um, we just have to be conscious of that and really kind of drive that home that we're still in a crisis and we're not all Amazon. So just be patient with us and you know we're, we're doing our best. Um, but, the same protocols everybody else has taken in one thing that we've done too um is when people walk into the room is it says this room has been sanitized for you and then we flip that down so we know that the room has to be re-sanitized so that's when they walk in they see that the room has been sanitized for them so just oh, so i love that, that idea beneficial so.
1: yeah that's a great idea um, so that way patients know hey someone's been in there
3: the other thing is this slit lamp. Like, I go in and all the knobs are like messed up onto the slit lamp because they're all sanitizing everything. And I'm like, it takes me five minutes to figure out what knob got turned so I can see through my slit lamp again. So I don't know if anyone's experiencing that as well, but that's been um, interesting.
1: <laughs> Mine's been the cleaner on the lenses, like on my oculars or on my bulk lenses. They'll have streaks on them, and I'll hold them up and I'm like, oh, you've got streaks in your eyes or my lens is really cloudy right now. So we've noticed that a bit. Um, The one thing a lot of my patients miss and it's it's my pediatric population is they wanna go to the treasure box afterward. And we took the treasure box away, but it had so many fun things for them in there at the end of their exam. So now my husband found Lego glasses, each individually wrapped in plastic they can build lego glasses and we bought them in bulk on amazon so we give those to the kids um, and the treasure box that they know of so that was um, trying to find something different Um, and we're not allowing any any additional in the exam just probably like you guys are no you know the guardian with the kid or a caregiver that may be needed but um, that very first week we were open we had a family of five walk-in but only one was having an exam we're like, uh, you guys all got to go out and they just look like, why? And we're like,
0: whoa. <laughs> this concludes the first part of our two-part series podcast, The Mod Pod, Contact Lens Business and Patient Safety in the COVID-19 Era, Redefining Normal. Dr. Rachel Rubel speaks with colleagues, Drs. Brianna Rue, William Toe, and Justin Weigel about their optometric practices and contact lens business all in the context of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. So far, we've heard some interesting insights on contact lens wear, and changing the patient's purchasing styles, and the increased demand of disposable contact lenses. In the second part of this series, we cover topics of telemedicine, maintaining staff morale, patients worried about contact lens scarcity, and preparing for the future. This program was supported with advertising by Bausch & Lomb. The opinions and views expressed during this program were those of the individual participants and were not necessarily those of Baoshan Lam
4: or its affiliates.